Good morning, church. Good morning. Thank you for joining us this morning as we come together and worship God through song and through studying His Word. So if you please join me as we come together and sing and stand if you are able. to bring him praise come all into your hearts to sing to the morning star of grace from the shifting shadows of the earth we will lift our eyes to him where steady arms of mercy reach to gather children in Rejoice, rejoice, let every tongue rejoice, one heart, one voice, O Church of Christ, rejoice. Come those whose joy is morning sun, and those weeping through the night come those who tell of battles won and those struggling in the fight for his perfect love will never change and his mercies never cease but follow us through all our days with a certain hope of peace. Rejoice, rejoice, let every tongue rejoice. One heart, one voice, O Church of Christ, Young and old from every land, men and women of the faith. Come those with full or empty hands, find the riches of His grace. Over all the world His people sing, shore to shore we hear them call. Truth that Christ through every age, our God is all in all. Rejoice, rejoice, let every tongue rejoice. One heart, one voice, O Church of Christ, rejoice, rejoice.
morning. It is good to see you here this morning. Um, it's a beautiful day out today. After the rainy day yesterday, it's a beautiful day out to enjoy the sunshine. Many of you are on your three-day weekend, so I, I trust that you will enjoy that. There are people online watching us, and I hope that you're enjoying your weekend wherever you might be. So I want to pray this morning as, as we gather together, uh, talking to Craig this morning. Natalie's here with us. And I think most of us are aware, there's a lot of stuff going on. Right now, what's front and center here is, is all the COVID stuff, the mass stuff, and things like that. I want to pray for that. But Natalie came out of New Orleans, and they, you know, the, the, the idea that, that he took gasoline down and water, all right, because, and he said there's no, there's no electricity down there. He said, imagine St. Louis all, all like that. So we want to pray for that area there are, a lot of, there are a lot of relief efforts going on down there, and Eloy Baptist um, disaster relief is down there. Uh, one of our own, Glenn, has been driving. I, I, by now, he's probably taken two truckloads of stuff down, generators and then food, and others have went from our state, and other states are in there, and they're, they're working. My brother lives in Waverly, Tennessee, where disaster relief just went and worked there after they got the 14 inches of rain. And he commented about that, and it's all the stories about that. So we want to pray for them. You know, thankful for what we have, knowing that as we give, as we have given in the past through a cooperative program, whatever, that, that we're helping that ministry go on. And not only are they putting lives back in order, because that's important, right? It's important to get the power back on. It's important to get back to a normal way of life. But I want you to know that one of the things that disaster relief does while they're there is they take the opportunity to present the gospel. They're there to listen. They're there to talk. And, and it, it, it's great to get your house in order, but it's even greater to get your house in order so that you have an eternity with Him. And there are lost people uh, that got hit by the tornado, or saved people that got hit by the tornado. But we're using that opportunity to share the gospel and so want to do that. So I know that each of you have prayer requests. I know all of you have something that's on your heart. The beautiful thing is I'm not going to have to ask you because I can't answer those prayers anyway. But we're going to pray together, and you can lift that prayer request up to God. God already knows it, but lift that up to Him. Knock on His door and, and whatever, whatever it is, and then He will hear, and we're going to trust that God is going to answer. So if you would, join with me in prayer. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. Father, thank you for, for our history with you. We have come to you and prayed, and you have answered. And Father, we come today, we, we, it seems like we never run out of things to ask for. And Father, we're aware of the situation in New Orleans and down south, Lord, that the whole area is devastated. There are relief workers there. Uh, there, are, there are people that are hurting there. There are people's lives and, and livelihood need to be restored. And Father, we pray, Lord, that that would happen. Give them a healing, Lord, of the land. And Father, I pray, I pray for those that our relief workers come in contact with that do not know you, Father, that there might be an opportunity to share that gospel. And Father, even greater things could happen because of this disaster that they come to know you as Lord and Savior. Father, just pray for, um, for our church. Lord, I want to lift up 
our community, Lord. Help us, Father, as where we talk about the lost in other areas, help us to reach the lost here. Father, for those that are grieving, for those that are hurting, Father, for the other prayer requests that are, that are on each of the people here or online, Father, their heart, their mind, Father, I pray that you would hear their prayers and answer their prayers. Father, that they might be able to testify of the goodness of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Please stand with me once again if you're able as we sing to God. He became sin who knew no sin that we might become his righteousness. He humbled himself and carried the cross. Love so amazing. Love so amazing. Jesus Messiah. Name of a
the ransom from heaven, Jesus Messiah.
seated. All right, so we're going to close out our time in 2 Corinthians. We're going to close out our time in 2 Corinthians. We're going to end in the 13th chapter of 2 Corinthians. So you get your Bibles there, or if you want to follow along the Bible app, it's down in the corner of the more of the events, and boom, we show up there. And so you can click on that, and actually you can put notes there. So I encourage you to do one or the other as we walk through this idea of, of Paul's closing. Now I want us to t- take note when we... We've, if we've read Paul's letters before, you know when it's its last chapter, it covers a lot of ground, right? It's all over the place. So there's a couple of things that I just want to focus in and hone in on this. I just want to um, um, tunnel vision is, is what I want to do, okay? What I want to do is look at this in, in tunnel vision and look at some certain aspects that kind of wraps up what he's been dealing with as he's written this letter and as he prepares to come. So, how many of you have company this weekend? You've had company before, right? So, so what do you have to do in order for company to arrive? You've got to get ready, right? You've got to get ready for them to show up. And that means lots of things have to happen. You know, in my house, I've got to mow the yard. I mean, because they're going to actually drive slow enough that they'll know whether my lawn is mowed or not when they mosey up the driveway. The house has got to be clean. We've got to have food in the place so that we can feed them. All those kind of things that need to, need to happen before they show up. They got up in the, in the, this, this morning to come to church. I'm going to guess that most of you looking out over the crowd today, you didn't get up looking like you are now. Right? You all look fabulous, by the way. But I'm going to guess that when you rolled out of bed, that's not exactly how you rolled out of bed. I'm just kind of, this is not how I rolled out of bed, okay? Uh, hair's messed up, all this stuff. We have to get ready. And so this is, what, this is what this chapter is about, the idea of getting ready. The idea of getting ready, and it's, it's for a visit. It's for the, remember, Paul has been talking to them that he is going to come and see them. He had intended to before, but didn't make that. He intends now to come to them. So it's the idea of, of getting ready and preparing for his visit. It's the idea, it's not, it's not, you know, sometimes people just drop in your house and you open the door and you invite them in. You weren't necessarily ready for them. There are other times, like I said, when you know that company's coming and you're going to make sure that everything is best to your ability is, is ready, all right, for their arrival. And Paul isn't going to just drop in. Paul is telling them that he is going to make the visit. He's going to make the visit. So let's pick it up here. We're going to read all 14 verses in this chapter. Again, we'll do some tunnel vision, but I want you to get the gist of everything that's included here. So I'll be reading out a New American Standard. You can follow along on the screen or on your Bibles. This is the third time I am coming to you. Every fact is to be confirmed by the testimony of two or three witnesses. I have previously said when present the second time, and though now absent, I say in advance to those who have sinned in the past, and to all the rest as well, that if I come again, I will not spare anyone. 
since you are seeking the proof of the Christ who speaks in me, and who is not weak towards you, but mighty in you. For indeed he was crucified because of weakness. Yet he lives because of the power of God, for we also are weak in him. Yet we live with him because of the power of God directed towards you. Test yourselves to see if you are in the faith. Examine yourselves. Or do you not recognize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail the test? But I trust that you will realize that we ourselves do not fail the test. Now we, now we pray to God that you do no wrong, not that we ourselves may appear approved, but that you may do what is right, even though we may appear unapproved. For we can do nothing against the truth, but only for the truth. For we rejoice when we ourselves are weak, but you are strong. This we also pray, for that you may be made complete. For this reason I am writing you these, I am writing these things while absent, so that when present I need not use severity in accordance with the authority which the Lord gave me for the building up and not for tearing down. Finally, brethren, rejoice and be made complete, be comforted, be like-minded, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. So that's how he closes out that letter. That's, how, that's the letter that he writes to them. Now remember, as he's written this letter, He's writing a letter, and he's defending his position. He's defending some of that stuff that he's referring to, the approved, unapproved, that we would appear unapproved. He's had people chopping away at his authority, taking away his teaching. And so Paul addresses that in there, and Paul gets to the heart of the matter. And this is where the idea of getting ready, the idea of examining yourselves. I... I <laughs> You know, I'm not really sure. How do, you, how do you receive that? Paul writes your letter, I'm coming, get yourselves ready. Examine yourselves. Test yourselves. Matter of fact, it's that point of testing yourself because the question has been whether he's working for Jesus or not. The, test, the question, he says, test yourselves, examine yourselves, and find out if you are the faith. If you are the faith. I don't know if you've done that before. There have been times as I've walked through my life, particularly early on in my Christian life, where I did want to make sure that I, that I was doing the right thing, that I, had, that I had checked the box and that, yes, I was saved. And it's not a bad thing. You like that assurance of the salvation. You want to, we just, if you're doing the have you reads, you walk through 1 John. And 1 John does a very good job of dealing with that situation. And so, Paul's advice, Paul's action step that he wants them to take before he arrives is he does want them to examine themselves to find out if they are the faith. And then he wants to examine, he wants to examine themselves and test themselves to make sure that they're walking where they ought to be walking. Paul says, when I get there, I've written you a letter, I've given you the warning. Parents, you've done that, right? You've hollered down the hall and said, hey, 
is your room clean or have you taken your bath or whatever it might be that you've asked the kids to do and you holler at them and I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm coming to your room and when I get to your room, it's not, hey, you need to clean up. When I get to your room, I'm going to take action. In, in other words, I'm bringing my switch with me. You know, that's what you're saying. You, 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 hear the, you hear it dragging down the hallway, right? You hit it on the wall, let them know. You know, a couple more taps and I'm going to be in your room. It better be clean. Because if it's not, I'm going to take action. And that's the way Paul does this. Paul gives that, that idea of a threat. I'm not going to spare anyone. I'm going to come and I'm going to look. I've warned you and you need to be walking in the right way. Now that sounds harsh. But there's a reason behind his harshness, which we'll get to. We'll get to, okay? The idea is he wants them, implores them, encourages them, threatens them to get ready. Because Paul is coming to visit. Here's where you and I get a disconnect. How many of you expect Apostle Paul to show up at your house? I don't expect him to show up. Apostle Paul's not showing up here either, is he? So I'm just going to say, I'm all good, right? Paul's not coming to check out whether I'm walking, whether I'm preaching, whether, what am I doing? But here's the thing where I want us to reconnect to it. And the reconnect will be one of those jarring couplings as we bring it together. Because as, and, I, and when I looked at this, this is, what, this is why I embraced this part of the book. When you come home, you know, Paul's walked through, he's given us warnings, he's talked about our walk, he's talked about sin in the church, he's, he's walked through all these things, he's given us a preparation, particularly when you go back and read the first letter that was given to them, and you see that he's covered all the areas of our walk with Christ, our idolatry, all those things that, that hand, hinder us and, and, and take us off course. He's done all of those things, he's covered all that ground. He's not coming. The idea is he's, he's telling them to get ready because he's going to come and he's going to check it out. He's got that list, so to speak. Like going to the kids' room, are all the toys picked up? Is the bed made? Is, is the dresser dusted off? Or the socks paired up? Whatever it is that you have given to your children to do, Paul has that checklist when he arrives that he's going to go over. Paul's not coming to you and I to see us. But Jesus is. Do you, do you understand the gravity of that and why I said that ought to be a, a, a jarring coupling there? When we look at, when, we, when we, we understand that the idea of getting ready is not for Paul, but it's for Jesus. When Paul comes, it's not Jesus coming. Paul's going to come and he's, going to, he's not going to spare anyone. In other words, he's really going to get in their face about their sin. But they'll still have time to correct their sin at that point. Follow me? When, they, when Paul comes, it's not the end. When Jesus comes, when the trumpet sounds, if I understand things right, we need to have made our decision prior to that trumpet sound. In other words, we really need to be ready. There is no lecture 
spanking and, and grounding and then we can fix things down the road. When He comes, we need to be ready. So when I look at this passage of Scripture, it's a soft approach to, the Jesus, to Jesus Christ coming back. As Paul reiterates to these people, I'm coming, you need to get yourself, examine yourself, prepare yourself, test yourself. See where you're at. Because Paul, Paul is coming, but the, the fact is for you and I that Jesus is coming back. We don't know when that time is. We, we try to live expectantly. We don't always accomplish that. We go on about our life and, and we're, not, we're not really thinking about Jesus coming back while we're in the midst of getting breakfast ready. While we're in the midst of mowing the lawn. Or while we're in the midst of whatever it might be that we do for fun. We're not, we're not thinking about that at that time. But the fact is that we need to be ready for that. Now Paul comes, and I think this is great for you and I, when Paul gives that stern warning to them that he's coming up. Understand why Paul gives that warning? Paul doesn't relish the idea of coming and, and, and administrating a penalty. Paul wants to come and find them ready. As, as much work as the, the, the principal put into the paddle at, at, in my grade school, I, I think it was more for show than he wanted to use it. Honestly. Paul says in this letter, his purpose is what? Is for building up. Not for tearing down. He's not relishing the fact that the tear down people are the church. What he wants to do is build up the church. Why does he want to build up the church? Remember their witness and their mission? Those are the kind of things that Paul wants to build up. That church in Corinth was a light in the darkness. The fact was, he's addressing issues that began to cover up the light and make the light grow dim. And it began to look, the witness began to look like just another building that had the same thing going on other places had. There wasn't any difference there. Paul wants to address that because he wants that place to be what? A witness. He wants that church, the church of God at Corinth, to, to have the right, the right doctrine so they can carry out the mission that God has called them to do. That's what Paul wants. He is for the building up because what does Paul want to happen in that church at Corinth? He wants it to reach more people and more people and more people. He wants more and more people to see the light, to come to Jesus Christ as He did. He wants to see others come as they did so they can be part of that. So when Paul talks about this threat of coming, it's not, he's not relishing the tearing down of the body. He wants them to, to right the ship so their witness is correct, so their doctrine is correct, so they're on mission the way that they ought to be on mission. That's what he's really relishing in that idea. That's what he's looking for. So when we read this and we think about our situation, do I want to apply this to my life? It's the idea of examining myself and testing myself. How does my witness look? How does my witness look? How does my doctrine look? Because I'm telling you that today, 
we get poured in as they did. Remember, they came out of a culture that was, they had all kinds of gods. They had, they had a God for everything. And they just grabbed that God and that, well, I don't have that God. I better get that God and stack it up on the shelf. And that way it's covered. It's, it's you know, there are little insurance policies for everything. And so the, the, the God of the cracks in the sidewalk, they'd have to grab that one. The God of the rain, they'd have to grab the, the God of the rain, the, gra- the God of the headlights, you know, whatever it was, they had to grab those things up. Paul said you need to take those things out because there's only one true God. The doctrines that crept in that would allow you, you know, the, the changes in the doctrine that Paul would fight. In other words, Faith is not enough. You need to add works to it in order to get saved. You took the first step. Now there are five more steps to complete. We have that same doctrine today. The idea of of good works. The idea that that people go to heaven just simply because they've been good. It doesn't work that way. Jesus Christ came to die on the cross. We have to make sure when it says to examine ourselves, what's my witness look like? Does it look like I'm living for Christ? Does it look like I'm a new creature? Is my doctrine right? Or have I bought something in from outside that really doesn't line up with the Scripture? I need to check that out. I need to make sure that that's ready. And am I on mission or am I just content? I'm I'm saved. I'm good. If anybody else gets saved, that's up to them. How do we go about our mission of carrying those things? That's the things that we want to examine ourselves. Paul writes this in that portion of the letter that we wrote. The idea that we would be made complete. The idea that we would be made complete. It's a concept of building. So, I don't know how many of you drive through Shipman on your way someplace else, but every once in a while when I head south, I drive drive around that road that goes around the curve there, and um, there's this house that they have been building for the last, I don't know, it seems like t- 10 years. They started with this house and they put a roof, they put plywood up there and I think finally they have shingles up. But it's not done. It just sits there and, it, and it's incomplete. If you want to use a Bible story, the story of Nehemiah. Remember, Nehemiah came back and Nehemiah came and he found the walls of Jerusalem the walled city that it was wasn't very walled. There were major portions of it. You didn't have to go to the gate to get into the city. You could just climb over the wall. Matter of fact, I suspect that there were pathways through where the wall once was. There wasn't just a few ways into the city. There were multiple ways in the city. And so here's this work that they had started, but it wasn't finished. Ezra deals with the idea that the temple had been started, but had not been finished. When Paul addresses these people, those kind of pictures come to mind. The idea that they have started something, and it's not finished. How about some honesty here? How many of you have a project around home that's not finished? You people online, you can raise, I see your hands, okay? Right? We, we, we all are guilty of having something that is undone. Right? And somebody reminds you of that from time to time in the house. That you have a few undone projects. Matter of fact, my wife said to me yesterday, wouldn't it be a good day to go stand in the rain and work on that outside? No, she didn't put it that way. But the idea that she reminded me of that project. 
Here's what I want you to think about. When we accepted Christ, we were all in. It's usually how that happens. We were all in. And then we get going and, and we, we, we have a desire to learn. Somewhere along the line, oftentimes it flattens out. We get content with the, the new that we have become. But the new that we've become isn't a finished product. It's kind of like we got the eight-foot wall to about the two-foot, the three-foot, the four-foot, the five-foot, the six-foot level, and we're like, you know what? I'm good with that. And we stop. We stop with the building. We, we get, I got the doors in the house and the shingles on the roof. I really don't need carpet inside. And, and stud walls are kind of trendy. And so we're content to live with the structure. Think about how that looks in your Christian life. We've been, we, I got saved. But then I don't continually read the Scripture. I don't continually strive to grow closer to Him. My prayer life isn't an everyday thing. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fire extinguisher. I, I pull it out when I have to absolutely use it. I talk to God when I can't figure it out and when none of my friends can figure it out. What that tells me is you're not finished building. We need to be that complete place that Paul talks about. The idea of the maturity in Christ that we need to, 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 be, to have in our life. Too often we measure our maturity we get in this danger place, right? Because, well, I, I'm, more, I'm more mature than, than old Ben. So, therefore, I'm pretty good. Our maturity isn't measured by other believers, is it? It's measured. It's not measured against Paul. It is measured against Christ. Are we to that maturity level that he was at? Do we live as we ought to live as a Christian, it is a striving. It's that process which the Baptist faith and message calls a sanctification, which means that we're striving to get better and better all the time. We've got to have that desire to do so so we get to that maturity in Christ so that we're only for the truth, not for anything else. That's how Paul addresses it. Here's what I want to wrap up with the action steps. What do, what do I do with this closing, bye, see you, I'm coming your way, kind of letter that Paul writes. We've already talked about this, the idea of examining ourselves. Write that down. Um, Phil Keggy wrote a song, and I can't remember the name of it. But it was the idea of, of God revealing to us our sins. That sounds easy enough. But if you're honestly going to do that, you need to sit down and be ready for the pain. Because when God opens your eyes to how He sees things in your life, they will not be tainted as your view is. They will not be... Uh, sometimes we look at our sin and we just kind of put rosy glasses on and move on. But examine ourselves in the way that God would examine. Ask Him to reveal our sins to us. Are you ready? That's why we're examining ourselves. Are we ready for His return? If He popped in today, 
How ready are you? You want to get things fixed. And then the last question is this. Because this, isn't this what Paul was doing? Don't you love this? Paul, Paul had examined himself. He was ready, not as ready as he wanted to be, but he was continually working on getting ready. But his whole idea of coming to, the city, to Corinth, back to that church, was why? Because he wanted others to be ready for the return of Christ also. <clears throat> How are we doing? Are we, are we examining ourselves? How ready are we? Are we ready? And lastly, are we helping? I mean, if we know He's coming and we know what that means, we ought to be about helping others get ready because we don't want to see them suffer the wrath of God and miss out on the blessings of eternity with the One who loved us enough that He gave His life. Adam's going to come and play. We're going to stand and sing. And we're going to give an invitation time. That might mean that you just simply come down. Maybe you want to come down here and pray. Know that you can do that. Know that the rest of the people who can only see the back of your head, they're going to pray with you. That's, that's you guys. You're going to make that commitment. If somebody comes forward, pray with them. They may be taking a step that you need to take. They may be come, you may come down here and pray, Lord, I want you to take a good look at who I am and, 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 and how, if my life is ready. You do that. Maybe you want to pray for those, somebody that, that needs to get ready. You want to come and do that. You can do that where you're at. You can also pray there. Whatever, the, whatever God has laid on your heart, I always say this, that, that when I accepted the call to preach, the pastor, the evangelist, didn't say, okay, if you've been called to preach, make your way down. Because they didn't know, and I don't know, how God is working in your life. But I want you to know that the invitation is open for you to respond to whatever God is leading, to share that with us as needed, so that we might rejoice with you or pray with you. Let's go learn and pray. Father, as we prepare for this invitation. Father, we pray that you would open our eyes. Father, help us to understand the, the driving force behind Paul's love for the people at Corinth. His desire that they would be ready for your return. Father, that they would be a light and a witness in their community. Father, that they would have the right doctrine. Father, that they would be on mission for you. Father, I, I know that that's your desire for Emmanuel. Father, help us to fulfill that. Help us to be, as individuals, a witness and a light in our community. Father, help us to be on mission for you wherever we might go. Father, just pray that at this time, Lord, we give this invitation to you. If someone here needs to accept you as Lord and Savior, somebody online, Father, just pray that your spirit would move in such a way that that would happen and we might rejoice with them. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand. When with the ransomed in glory His face I at last shall see 
will be my joy through the ages to sing of his love for me see how marvelous how wonderful am i song shall Thank you for being here this morning. Go outside and visit. Enjoy the beautiful day. Here's your have you read for the scripture. Some of you are guests in the house, and I'll explain this to you. Uh, the surveys tell, studies tell us that, that if we'll read our Bible at least four times a week, that, that we'll change, and we'll change for the better. We'll grow closer to God. And it's, it's not my preaching. It is the fact that you get to sit in God's Word and read. And so what we've done is, for quite a while now, we've done this Have You Read stuff. It's just I, it's like eight chapters that I'm asking you to read. It's not an overload. You may be reading something else. You may be doing devotions. Do that. But if you're not doing anything, read with us. On Wednesday night, we'll post. Wednesday evening, there will be videos posted. <clears throat> where I comment on something from the passage there. Nothing an overload. They're like two minutes long to watch. It takes me a lot longer than two minutes to make them. So, but, but I want us to read because it's about getting ourselves ready for His return. He's coming back, right? All right. And are we ready is the question. I had music for that, but I decided not to play that for you. But anyway, you get the idea. And uh, let's go out there and be a light to our community. Thank you for being here.